Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. Welcome to Song vs. Song. We've got fun and games. All right. <laughs> All right. This week, we are doing a, a big one. This is uh, the biggest of the bigs for me. We are doing Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle versus Metallica's Enter Sandman. That's right. We're going to rock. <laughs> we're going to rock. Okay. Rock hard. <laughs> and with us today, we have one. Uh, actually, you introduce yourself. Go uh, ahead. Hello, I am Kava Teherian. You might know me from another podcast by the name of Musical Splitting that I co-host with Lindsay Ellis. Uh, and I'm also a human being. I'm a person. All right. Just I agree. don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Song vs. Song. We've got fun and games. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. This is the first time I've ever been asked to be on another podcast, which means either you guys are doing very poorly or things are going very well for me. I don't know which one it is. It, it, it can be two things. <laughs> That's it. I like to feel two ways about everything. And the way I feel about this podcast is that it's great. And also everything we do is a complete flop. As you can tell by this disastrous start of a, of a podcast. But anyway, it's rock and roll, baby. It doesn't matter. There's no polish. You just got to go for it. All right. It's, well, it's like a sloppy, overdone Guns N' Roses song. It's perfect. I love it. It's very much in the theme of, of Guns the N' Roses aren't sloppy. I uh, mean, well, they're not on they're, record, they're, at least they're, they're overwrought. Is what they are. I, um, I would agree. This opening is the estranged. <laughs> <laughs> it's going on forever. Yeah, All right, it's what, a nine and a half minute. Yes, <laughs> dolphins are going to show up. <laughs> oh my god, I love that part. That fucking. Let me music try video. and uh, impose some structure on this. Yes, we have two songs here. Which kicks more ass? Which is the better of the two? Are, are you asking me, or are we just yes, asking I am in asking general? You. I mean, I am asking you specifically, which is better, Welcome to the Jungle or Enter Sandman? Right. If, uh, if they got played in a sports stadium right now, which would get you on your feet quicker? I, I, I'm going to say this, both of the song and in the band in general, although I do not dislike the other band, but I'm always going to go with Guns N' Roses over Metallica, myself personally. Uh, I think Guns N' Roses is just a much more fun band. They're a lot uh, more sloppy, as we were saying earlier, <laughs> and chaotic, which I could certainly relate to. Guns N' Roses all the way. And Welcome to the Jungle. Although it's not my favorite Guns N' Roses song specifically, uh, I would say between this and Enter Sandman, it's uh, it, it's the better song. It'll get me up. But you, Danny? Coffee is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Opinions aren't usually correct or incorrect. But that one is. But in this case. <laughs> in this case, it's absolutely true. Be prepared for me thrashing Metallica a great deal. Um, not a great deal. I'll have good things to say too, but um, I agree. I, I think it's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. Like of the two of them, Welcome to the Jungle is just like, especially if you're saying like, what's going to get me on my feet faster. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got the better opening. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more fun. Um, and it's sort of like, it's the beginning of their career and it's still like, like that first thing out that's so amazing yeah. because they're like really like trying as hard as they fucking can. And the Black Album, um, the self-titled uh, 1991 record, Metallica, um, with the with the, the Please No Steppy snake <laughs> on it. Oh, right. The Gadsden snake, Please yes. No is, is just It's just one of the many moments where Metallica, quote, sold out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree so with that. There, there is a clear with hindsight m moment in which they actually did sell out, and it's exactly what you think it is. And I, I guess we'll talk about that too. But like, they didn't really. It's just they got more radio play. But still, I, I think at this point, like they were, they were trying to pitch 
towards radio and mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses was just, I don't know, kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, very much so. We we do meet them at completely different points in their career, the the two bands. Guns N' Roses, this is their first song off their first album, uh, first song off their best album. And Metallica, this is the first song off their fifth album, which is like controversial to this day. You know what? Screw the both of you. I, I picked Enter Sandman. Oh, interesting. Ooh. You know what I will say, though, about these two songs is that Enter Sandman is as much like a sort of coming out declaration song for Metallica as uh, Welcome to the Jungle was. That's fair. That's their mainstream. I guess you could make the case that one was their, their I guess, them edging towards uh, mainstream acknowledgement. But Enter Sandman, is it's always going to be the first Metallica song anyone thinks of. Maybe Master of Puppets, but... Enter Sandman is the, you know, it's the one they close their, all their concerts with. It's mm-hmm. the one that was their biggest hit. It's the one everyone can name. And I do agree that Guns N' Roses is by far the more fun band. Mm-hmm. Enter Sandman is a fun song. Maybe their only fun song. Enter Sandman is quite probably their goofiest song. <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord, my <laughs> hush little baby, don't say, say a word. <laughs> I, I actually think it's due for a really big comeback, and here's why. Mm. That part when James Hetfield is like, yo, ho, where's, <laughs> yo, the, sea, where's yeah. the sea shanty? Where's that Enter Sandman sea it's shanty? It's very 2021, you're right. Get that fucking shit going. It fits um, right in. He's always been kind of a pirate, really. You could see yeah. him in an eye patch and uh, carrying a sword. Hardy, hardy. Avast! Ah! <laughs> But yeah, that's Enter Sandman is their biggest song, and I this uh, this usually gets me crucified. I also think it's their best song. Like, oh. really? Interesting. Yes, you heard me. Enter no Sandman. Like, this is yes, '80s Metallica is better than '90s Metallica. I don't know. I still have just such a warm place in my heart for Enter Sandman. I don't know. I find I feel like I got both of these songs right at the same time because I was you know I was you know a little kid when both these songs came out. Yeah. And I was like one when uh, Guns N' Roses came out. But like when I first started getting music in like late 90s, early 2000s, VH1 mm. was where I learned everything. And yeah, they me were too. like, <laughs> and that's where, and like pretty much like constantly during this time, VH1 was like, the history of metal. Yeah. Behind the music, fucking every five seconds. I love yeah, that. Behind shit. the metal, Judas Priest. Behind yes. the metal, Anthrax. <laughs> Fun fact, I just found out, I just realized that my audio was not turned up while we were recording this Uh whole time. So here's the thing. If it had been up to me, I don't think I would change what the matchup was. Mm -hmm. However, it would have been a much harder one for me if it had been um, Welcome to the Jungle versus One, which are more contemporary with one another because they they both came came out out in 1988. And it was their first radio hit. Um, It was the first time they had ever cut a song down and... I think it would have been an absolute slaughter if we had done that because I don't think that it I don't think that that song has the same obsession like like Enter Sandman is a song like you said everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I just think that one is ultimately better especially as a Metallica song because in my mind the thing about Metallica and what made them so big mm-hmm. prior to the to the Black album coming out is that they're like they're like metal that thinks. <laughs> yeah. They're like yeah. literary metal, you know, they're like classical that was part metal of, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then that certainly like came out to be true. I think the further into their careers they got. And, uh, but even one also, that was the actual first time. The first time Metallica was accused of selling out was one because they cut the, the song down to four and a half minutes 
Is and it that was the big sell. Can we just be honest here, right, right from the jump, and say that metal fans are r- real babies? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can certainly say that Metallica and Guns N' Roses are real babies. There's a whole documentary about the first one. This is the start of where Metallica stops being a sort of nerd band, right? Like yeah. the kind of metal that those guys constructed in the early and mid eighties is very sophisticated. It's very symphonic. It's like written with a strong ear for like classical music structure. And I think even in interviews, they're saying like around, um, what was it injustice for all? I think was the last one they recorded before they did this. They're mm-hmm. basically like, we're fucking bored. Like they had just gone so deep and far into songwriting and the technicalities of it that they're like, let's just try this fucking thing. That's totally fun and, and, and like light and easy and sort of radio play, which is sort of where the big, for people who don't know, it's like, this is where the big distinction between Metallica fans, this is the big rivalry is like, it's everything before black album and everything after black album. This is, these are the two camps that people fall into. It's weird to me to think of people who like the stuff after because the <laughs> we album, went to high school other than <laughs> other than the other than the so I was in I was in high school when um when I let's see I think I was just before high school when Live Bitch and Purge came out which is the live record they put out after the Black Album and then I was however old I was I was definitely in high school when Load came out mm-hmm. and then the oops just kidding Reload, Reload. came out because um, Load, I think, didn't quite land the way that they hoped it would. What? And so they were Why? Like, That's so surprising. And and, and, he, and and then they put and then they put out Reload with Unforgiven, Unforgiven Two, a sequel to a fucking song, which yeah, is a trilogy. Amazing. There's a third one. <laughs> I know, unfucking believable to me. But yeah, like I don't know. That Black Album came out, and it was the right time for me. Um, I don't think I was watching Headbangers Ball. I hadn't really heard of them yet. Oh, Headbangers like, Ball. Like, would, I would say, I, you know, like, once I knew Metallica, there was lots of stuff that I liked by them. I like uh, Master Puppets. I liked Sanitarium. I liked, um, my favorite song, I think, is still For Whom the Bell Tolls, because we used to, I, I was an high school band, and we used to play that song. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's, a it's, real, a, it's a real Beavis and Butthead yeah, song. It's hilarious. So. I, I, I went to go see Portugal the Man in concert, and they opened with For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, that song fucking rolls. Yeah, which is not something you expect from, like, you know, this, uh, you know, hipstery indie band, but they fucking wrecked it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a song, I think it's just, again, like, it's literary, and it's intelligent, and it, yeah, and it fucking rips. There's no reason not to like it. So Enter Sandman sucks. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> no, but that's the thing, too. It's like when I was in high school, my introduction to Metallica was a lot of the 90s stuff, right? It was Enter Sandman. And I was like, this is very, forgive the word, but it's basic. It's like the fucking pumpkin spice latte of of metal songs <laughs> is how it felt. And then I had a friend who pulled me aside. who was like, no, bro, Metallica's fucking awesome. Listen to Master of Puppets. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And it just like fucked my world up. It was totally awesome. It was like the craziest thing ever. I, I really love Master of Puppets. I feel weird that I you know Load is not a good album. Reload is not a good album either. Honestly, I don't. I think people will defend Reload. I'm not really a huge fan, but I really love all the singles from Load and Reload. Honestly, more than I like the singles from the Black Album, except for Enter Sandman. Like that that I've never heard anyone say that before ever. So I feel like. <laughs> Are really you saying? Lo- wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that you like Unforgiven Two more than Unforgiven? <laughs> Do you prefer the sequel? Is this an Aliens Alien situation? A, a Gremlins to the new batch a versus Dark Gremlins to the situation? Batman begins. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. No. Wow. No, I'm not that far down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
I, no. I didn't really like any of their albums until, uh, what was it? Is Saint Death- Anger. Say, oh, listen, I don't like Saint <laughs> Anger. I respect it. <laughs> I respect that documentary. I respect that whole era of what they did. It was very interesting, but it's unlistenable. But I sort of, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, good for them. It's, it's like, it's Lucille Booth. It's like, good for her. Like, good for them for going <laughs> to therapy and recording it. And like putting it out there and exposing it to people and putting themselves out there. Cause especially metal fans, as we all know, don't tend to be super into their feelings aside from being angry or at least the younger generation or sorry, the older generation of metal fans that we were. Yeah. Um, so I always I thought know, that was like, kind of cool. I, I listened to St. Anger in preparation for this podcast and I don't know. I just don't care about James Hetfield's feelings. I want yep. to, I, you know, they're not Nirvana. I don't care about his inner pain. I no. I, I, I want, uh, you know, the, the boogeyman's going to come get you from Metallica <laughs> is what I want. There's a very important thing that we're not talking about here. Guns if we're going to argue in favor of Enter Sandman, mm-hmm. to me, the number one thing is the music video. The music oh. video kicks fucking ass. Here's the best part of that music video. Unquestionably, not even close, is the part where the kid is in the middle of the street <laughs> In the bed, and the truck is coming up. <laughs> oh! As it boom, <laughs> that's the best. Nothing beats the fact. Nothing beats a truck whacking into a bed in the middle of the street, and you thinking that's metal as fuck. Instead of that's the silliest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that they could sell that truly speaks to the quality of that song. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm, I'm still going for Enter Sandman, but l- let me say this. Some of the fucking lyrics in Enter Sandman are just awful. Just infantile. The fucking infantile. Worst. It's not listen, it's not a song, it's a chorus. That's all it is. <laughs> it's it's a fucking chorus repeated like, I don't know, seven times? Something crazy yeah. like that. Unlike previous Metallica songs, it does not really have parts. No, there's it no It doesn't have sweets. No, and then the riff is just I'm telling you, it's the pumpkin spice latte is of of fucking of metal songs. That's all it is. It's basic. I don't know. It it opened up my world when I first heard it. And I think I heard it and Guns N' Roses around the same time. Like cuz you know, cuz I was watching those VH1 shows like pretty much nonstop. Yeah. So like that I I got to know b- both these bands really quickly. I I read a thing once is that rock history is written by the losers. Mm. Like not, they're not. They don't know how to deal with winners. People, the bands that get up there want to be like the biggest fucking thing in the universe, and that's kind of why they turn on Metallica so hard because it's like Metallica is like a band for the outsiders, and it turns out no, they weren't. <laughs> they were not at all. They entirely intended to be the biggest fucking thing in the fucking universe, and that's that's mostly Lars, I think. Does anyone get serial killer vibes from him? <laughs> um, no, I, I just so, think so, he's a douchebag. But besides like, the douche. So like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Does does I don't know that it. I, the thing is, no, I don't think he's killed. And let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> or at least tasted flesh. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, like, look. No, I don't think this is an army hammer sitch. Um, <laughs> my my whole treatise on Lars Ulrich is if there's not money in it, he's not doing it. Yeah, that's, that's true. It. And and so here's the thing. Like, I know that the reason that I'm being hard on Metallica. It's because they make it so easy. Exactly. One reason only. It like it's literally Napster and nothing else. Mm. That's it. That I mean, like, there's other stuff that they they did before and since then, but like, there is like you could argue. I guess if you really gave a shit, like, oh, is the Black Album them selling out? Was one them selling out? 
No. no. They were doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Napster, the, the moment when they were like, you know, there's a lot of problems with the music industry and making all music free is not necessarily the solution just yet, but like siding with the fucked up industry <laughs> seems like a mistake. The record oh, companies. No. They were like, well, we're millionaires, so we're going to fucking stay that way by allying with the other evil billionaires was not a was was not a good look. I don't think they've ever truly recanted. If, if they have, I apologize. But Lars Ulrich doesn't really seem like the recanting type. No, definitely not. Again, and he and he led the the way on that. And this brings me to my thesis of this episode. Oh, interesting. Go. James Hetfield is a pussy ass bitch. Is it because he didn't stand up to Lars? It's there are many reasons and we'll get into them as we go. But that is the very <laughs> that is the first moment. God, Jesus, I can't wait for James Hetfield to listen to this episode and come to my home and beat me to death. <laughs> He's like, hey, um, yeah. what did you say <laughs> that about? Yo, me? Oh, oh, punch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to go well for me if he shows up to my house. But um He's old now. It's but okay. I, His back hurts. Like, he'll just too, fucking fall over. He's too tired to show up. And he's rich as hell. He'll just fan himself with his money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, he gets, if he gets the vapors because I said something Ill, Ill toward him. But like, yeah, this this thing has had a real impact on my viewing of all Metallica music. Mm. And it sucks. It's very like I can like stuff pre Black Album, but like it literally has the Don't Tread Me Snake on it. I just... There's literally a song called Don't Tread on Me on that goddamn album. And <laughs> yes, it's there yeah, bro. And it's don't not. And it's not don't tread on me. Don't take not, my music. <laughs> it is not a good, it's not a good track. It's definitely not one of, I don't, I'm, I'm against the notion that Enter Sandman is the only good song on that though. Like, on that record even, altogether. Only, only great I don't think, song, I don't say like, he's, I'm just not into the Black Album very much. Yeah. I really, I mean, I love Unforgiven. I, I, I think Wherever I May Roam is decent. I loved it when it came out. Um, I still and, like Sad But True. Sad But True is a good riff. It's yeah. still Sad kind but, of like. Sad But True is my second favorite, I guess. I mean, it's all right. Like I said, it's, I, I tend to fall into the camp of the more complex Metallica songs. I'm, I'm in my, myself a sort of basic thrash metal basic bitch from the 80s. Honestly, like, I was listening to the, all the albums in in, in, in uh, coming up to this, and I think my favorite is their first. Yeah, like, it's pretty good. Kill them all. That's, yeah. I don't know, it was just like so, like, and the pictures from, of them around this time is just like so amazing. They, I think they look they're like children. they're 15. Yeah. yeah, they're like 19 years old. I mean, look, here's the thing. There's, they are, and this is something that's a testament to Metallica. We haven't even talked about Guns N' Roses yet, but oh, we'll get there for for all of Gun, for all of Metallica's like nonsense. They are a band that have been together for almost forty years and have been consistently popular, and never really became unpopular, right? Like they've mm-hmm. only ever gone up and then stayed there, which is something to be commended. Even fucking as you said, like dealing with Napster and all that shit. Like Metallica didn't necessarily like take a huge hit in terms of popularity or being able to sell out. Uh, arenas and shit, especially around the world. So there's, yeah, I mean, they're still, they're still very big for a metal band. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean they're the metal biggest metal band. Be. They're biggest, like, like a rock band can be in general. I can't think of a bigger rock band that's been consistently big for that long. Wait, fo- well, not as long, but I would say Foo Fighters, right? Like that's, they're, they're on I that think level, like, yeah. like yeah. rock, like just straight rock band. Yeah. Foo Fighters to me is number one. That's true. If you're saying, if you're saying metal band, like, yes, I yeah. think like Metallica now and forever are like, if you think metal, are they not the first band? I mean, they're literally of? Metallica, but also fun fact, another one to add on to the uh, shit list of, of James Hetfield. I do remember a story of, I don't remember which uh, company it was, but somebody had released a nail polish called Metallica. 
And oh, did they sue? <laughs> yes, they sure did. They the the McDonald's lawyers that Metallica has. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this is what I know about James Hetfield. If we're just going to do it, here it is. Slay Number, into this thing, thing, thing the first. Um, about one much later in like the 2010s, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe the aughts or whatever. He did an interview with Howard Stern where he basically was like, "One isn't really anti-war because war is is not really a good or a bad thing. War mm. is just war." And I was Interesting. like, "Interesting, you can't take. you can't even say <laughs> war is bad." Can we not all agree that if a conflict between two groups has gotten so bad (laughs) that the only resolution is a lot of death, that that, we can't say that's bad? We can't commit to war bad. Fucking cancel culture, you guys. There's a war on war now. (laughs) And I've started it. (laughs) Seriously. And Justice for All, the album that's from, is just like nothing but like government's bad, like war is bad, like oppressive tyranny is bad. And I was like, that's so I'm really kind of surprised to hear that from. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, he said it much, much later. So maybe was it was say, him yeah. trying to like reevaluate, but like that. And also, you know, and, and I apologize to the one person that gets mad when I talk about things like this. <laughs> they they asked him about Trump and he said that he wouldn't give an opinion one way or the other. Uh, and like, here's the thing. And we'll and when we get to, when we get to talking about Guns and Roses, we'll get to talk about woke asshole. <laughs> right, right. Um, Some real asshole versus asshole stuff going on in that a, one. A, a, but at least Axel like if, has made an effort to evolve, yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, and the, here's on Twitter. the thing. <laughs> Let me say this: Axel Rose, for better or worse, has always taken a stand and fucking stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Hetfield is a is. He's a flip flopper, huh? He's a coward. Yeah. He's a sorry, James. I know you were a big well, that's fan of the podcast. Because he's so scared and of the Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sandman's gonna get him. Say um, a prayer, little one. The one. <laughs> yeah, he thinks the Sandman is real, and so I guess that everything after that just kind of. I think anyway. that song's about Lars because he's probably afraid of. Lars. <laughs> he's Can definitely... you imagine being in a band with that guy? That's terrifying. He's oh, gonna again, you at I don't point. think he's killed, but I think there are many things worse than death, and one of them is being in a band with Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, tasted yeah, flesh. Yes, definitely. He was yeah. in a band the, with Lars Ulrich. The army Ulrich hammer of Dave metal guys. Dave oh, Mustaine and Lars Ulrich simultaneously. Yeah, I just yeah, I just can't get like I would have rather honestly if James Hetfield had come out and been like, "I love Donald Trump and fuck you," I would yeah. have liked I would have liked that more. that more because yeah. that would have been like more metal to me. Like, yeah. you know I mean, that's what no, I expect I from you. a metal yeah. band. So, like, as dumb as that is, like, it's dumb and silly, and I don't know if it's no, actually no, no, no. True. I, I totally agree with you. That's not dumb. You know why? Because I don't like people who I'm like I don't know where you stand. That's the, those are the people who bother me more. Then I'm like, if you stand for something that I stand against, at least I know where the fuck you are and this and like when the line is drawn. But yeah, to sort just, of avoid that line, I, I agree with you. It's like, it's in bullshit. My, in my mind, growing <laughs> up, James Hetfield was powerful, solid, great voice, incredible hair, fucking hot. Does have great like, hair. Like, this is the thing. Like, imagine that, like, you were just, like, step on my fucking neck, daddy. And, like, <laughs> then he turned out to be this. That is my torture. That is my torment. Um, and it's just so frustrating because James Hetfield, like, yes, like, just think about him during that time. He's so fucking hot and he's ruined it by being. I don't know. Have you, you've seen those pictures that came out of him and the, the new bass player just like shopping at Armani and they're <laughs> giant. Yeah. And they're 
ugly like rich man golf shorts like <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look it up but it just ruins it'll just destroy your image of metallica forever more than anything else we have talked about it yeah anyway all right can we we've so talked for 26 minutes yes. okay. guns and fucking roses guns and fucking roses they did a they they toured with metallica and then they did. Uh, and then they and also they, toured with Aerosmith before they got big. I th- oh no, that was Metallica who toured with, with yeah. uh, Aerosmith. Okay, well Metallica James blew Info up one day. Fire. Yes, <laughs> that's right. No, James no, no. It was, no, it was Guns N' Roses. It was James. It was Guns N' Roses that did it. Guns no, no, N' Roses James, toured with Aerosmith. James Hetfield caught on fire on one show because of the Pyrotechnics what? concert, right? Is yes. that what you're referring to? And yes. then Axel came out and was angry because they were asking them to play like a longer set to like be the hero. By the way, this is from fucking behind the music as well. I have yeah. the same source as you do. And then Axel Rose is like, fuck you, there's no concert tonight and just like leaves. And then the, I don't know where this show was. Was it in Montreal. Canada or something? Yeah. And then there was a riot because everyone was like, fuck this shit. So like, I, I feel like Metallica probably has strong feelings about Guns N' Roses also. Like, we blew oh, everybody up. everybody And then Guns N' Roses is like, you know what? We don't feel like doing a show. Fuck yeah. off. No, Axel didn't feel like doing that. I believe the rest of the band off. did. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important to solidify that Axel Rose is the Lars Ulrich of Guns N' Roses. How dare you? No, he's a sensitive flower. He's he a, he's an he's an <laughs> asshole. He's an but asshole. Again, he, but but like he so like Axel Rose and like just to spoil it, um, we do the, these questions later on in the episode. Oh, okay. We've 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 taken to doing this one where we talk about like which one is like Megan the Stallion era like level like hot girl shit. And I usually I'm like very jokey and, and we have a good time with it. But mm-hmm. like here's the thing about Axel Rose. Yeah, he literally put out a song where he dropped the N word, and when people said why did you do that? He was like, I don't believe in censorship, man. And the M word doesn't mean black people. It means anyone who's annoying. And I was like, I was like, so again, not to put it in South Park terms, but like that term is naggers. <laughs> <laughs> Axel. And, um, and one yeah, in so a million like, two was his other one that was like super offensive. That's, the, that's the one. Yeah. Is that's that the, the same one. one? Oh, I don't think I realized you dropped the N bomb in that one. He does. And so the thing about it is, Spoiler alert, I don't, once it was in my head, I couldn't get it out. And I was like, yeah. we can't do it. We can't do no Megan Thee Stallion question no. because I'm going to be mad that I can't make it welcome to the jungle, but it can't be. I can't let it be that. But this is the On thing about Axel. Right. Once, once you know that about him, you really understand Axel Rose completely. Like this is his thing. This is his whole thing. He'll take a stand. It doesn't matter how fucking asinine it is. Mm-hmm. And once he's in it, that's it. So like if someone gets set on fire... And he's like, this is annoying. I'm out. He's not going to change his mind. <laughs> he did. I did read somewhere, though, that he did come out after that, like a couple of a year, a year or two later, maybe, uh, where he did apologize and address it, where he was like, I I'm totally paraphrasing here. But he was sort of like I got he was something like, oh, like a black person cut me off in traffic and I was like having a bad day. And he was like, it was totally stupid. I don't really know why it doesn't make any sense. It was some totally idiotic. I mean, obviously, it was an idiotic thing to say anyway, but it was even more like, oh, there's this random slight of somebody like <laughs> cutting you off. So he decided to write a song about it. Like, you know, it's, I've never actually listened entire to race. And, uh, and you know, it's really great. Um, it's not even like that terrible song is not even their worst song as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. Not racism, obviously, that's as bad as it gets. But, yeah. 
Um, it's also not a good is, song. <laughs> nothing is ever. So let me let me say this, and this yeah. actually relates to "Welcome to the Jungle," which is yeah. important because the song we're talking about. Um, "Welcome to the Jungle" is a song that works, and it shouldn't. Interesting. Why? Because it's lame is an offensive word, but like everything about it is so ridiculous, so silly, so mm-hmm. corny. Yeah. And it shouldn't really work at all. And yet somehow it does. And the reason that I know that that is truly rare is because to me, their worst ever song tries to do a lot of similar things stylistically and fails utterly. And it's a song called Get in the Ring. It's off of Use Your Illusion 2. It is one of the worst rock songs of all time, in my opinion. I don't know Because that it's one. just Axl Rose pissing and moaning because rock, <laughs> rock magazines talk shit about Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And in the middle of the song, he starts naming journalists. Oh, I remember hearing about this. And going like, get in the ring, get in the ring. <laughs> oh, get in the ring. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. Yes, I remember now. It is, and like, but like musically, sonically, there's a lot similar um, between that and and Welcome to the Jungle. But it illustrates that, like, if you get too specific, like, what Welcome to the Jungle? What is it about? It's about L.A., I guess. Yeah. It's right? a, oh, by the way, you guys are both from L.A. Tell me, what is it like in the jungle? It's okay, a well, jungle. I I just moved here, <laughs> so I got off the bus chewing my hayseed. <laughs> With, you know, with my backwards baseball cap. You yeah, with my backwards baseball cap and my plaid shirt. And then within, I would say, two weeks, I was strapped to an electric chair in a straitjacket. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I like it. Got fun and games out here. Oh, yeah, like board games? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, we, me, me and Kyle. playing Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Get to do those Jackbox games with your phone? No, you know what it is about that album too, just in general, and Appetite for Destruction, but also that song is that, like you said, there's a, there's an earnestness, and I don't necessarily mean that it's a good kind of earnestness, but like you said, Axl Rose is a person who, for for better or worse, right, there's a sincerity that comes out on that record. It's everything. It's the good. It's the bad. It's the ugly. It's the horrific part of him that's like a fucking misogynist. It's the part of him that's like super sentimental and like writes like these ballads. And it's also this dangerous part of him where he sounds like a fucking demon <laughs> coming out of hell. I and just, I think like, that's why it works, though. And I mean, that's all those guys in that record. That's before they all. I mean, you can say what you want about User Illusion 1 and 2. There's some good songs on it. But like at that point, it, it wasn't like this impulse the way that Appetite for Destruction was. Like Appetite for Destruction feels like this wham, bam, like one thing that comes out. It's all this. It's a moment caught over the course of whatever 48 minutes or however long the record I, um, is I, I have a Guns N' Roses biography that I read a, a long time ago and there's like like two chapters leading up to like the recording of Appetite for Destruction mm-hmm. and then you cut to the next chapter that's actually about the album and it's titled Their Only Good Album <laughs> <laughs> as far as an album's concerned I would agree there's good songs on the other ones but there's only one good album album yeah no I I was like just learning about everything all at once because I decided I was, I'm going to learn everything about music and that meant watching a lot of MTV VH1 they were doing like their top 100 videos and Sweet Child of Mine came on which I don't even think is a great video I was like not sure no, it's what's an on awful video it's a garbage no. especially in the pantheon of Guns N' Roses music videos but yeah. like and, and, and considering that it's like the number one song of theirs on Spotify and easily one of their best songs period oh yeah. I hate that fucking song what <laughs> 
Are you for real? You hate Sweet Child of Mine? I hate Sweet Child of Mine. It's oh so my God. overplayed. We're the one who is where requested you, a Guns N' Roses episode. I love Guns N' Roses. Where do we go? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's so fucking play. It's like the American Pie. It's just like, oh, just shut the fuck up. Like, it's the worst song on that record. It's so overly played. It's like, Axe, or I'm sorry, Slash hates that riff. Right, like even within the band Slash itself, is wrong, like, and so are you. <laughs> Wait a minute. So here's a here's a stupid fact about my uh, attachment to Guns N' Roses and how I got into them. I did a school project, yeah, wherein I was going to do. I was testing subliminal messaging. I don't know how this happened. Okay, we were do, it was like a school science project, and I needed a song that so I would play twice and over the second version I would like very quietly say a, like a number <laughs> so that people would know like which like mug to look under to find like a like a hidden like ball or something number 9 number yeah, 9 yes i think it was i think it was i think it was number 2 i don't know that's not an important fact but i was like i didn't have any stuff to use so my mother took me to the record store, which mm-hmm. at that time was a tape store, basically. Yeah. And I, I was like, I need a record. I need, I need I need, an album to do something with. And they gave me Appetite to Destruction. Holy Destruction, shit. And I was a child. <laughs> and Sweet Child of Mine is the song I used. So that song is like burned into my brain. Uh, and by the way, subliminal messaging works. It doesn't. But yeah. as a kid, as a kid I, I gamed it to make it work. Because I thought that if it, if the test revealed the negative result, it would mean that I failed. <laughs> <laughs> you are basically no different from actual professional scientists. You are gaming your experiment to get the results you want. Um, but That's like impressive. I said, I was trying to say he's like the first time I heard the the solo on Guns N' Roses, "Sweet Child of Mine," was like I was blown away. It was like it was like like a moment burned in my memory because like I had never even imagined something could kick that much ass in all my 14 years of life. The only reason I didn't pick Welcome to the Jungle is that Overplay has kind of killed the entirety of Appetite for Destruction for me. And by Overplay, I mean me specifically overplaying that record. <laughs> for yourself. To, yes, for myself too often. Like, I, I know that fucking thing front to back. Yeah. It is, it's, it's you know, it is, it is, I would even, at this point, I would call it underrated. And it's like, because yeah. it's only considered like the, number 50 on your top 100 greatest albums of all time. I was like, no, bump that up into the top 10 fuckers. I got to say something about what was it when they reunited? They reunited in 2016, I think, right? Or was it 2015? They did the tour in 2016, but wait, 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 did the one you mean with slash it's it's slash and Duff and Axel. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't think Matt Sorum was there and I don't, and Izzy's not there either, but uh, Izzy, Izzy is the missing, the, the really unsung hero of guns and roses. But so they, they did that reunion tour where I'm sorry, they started the reunion. Actually, I remember the show was in 2016. I actually went to Detroit to see them with my one of my best friends from high school that we were in a band together. We were obsessed with Guns N' Roses. But that that spring or like I guess it was like January, uh, they did some warm up shows around Los Angeles and they did a show at the Troubadour. I think that was the first one that they did. And that was like the first show that they had played with at least most of the original core members of the band. It's since like 1995 or something. Yeah, ninety five. And then there's all these. There was all these YouTube. You can probably look it up still. I think it's still up. Like people mm-hmm. are, you know, recording video with their phone, and you hear them play the song right. And then you hear Axl Rose come out and just screech, and say, you know, you know what you are. You're the jungle, right? I I can't even try to do it, but the Metallica impression is more fun. 
it's so high pitched. But I just remember yeah. hearing Axl Rose's voice and being like, that's so fucking iconic. That's it is. Tr- people have tried to imitate it, but there is only one person that will ever literally sound like a demon. And uh, it, it, it evoked something in me. It was very exciting. Yeah. It's isn't it here let me ask you a question. Is it fucking weird to you? I mean I know it, it's happened in other cases, but the Axel Rose, this little slight slip of a girly boy yeah. being such a misogynist. I mean yeah. I know it happens, but like especially like you watch the Welcome to the Jungle music video. Yeah. And like he is a he is so fucking pretty. He really He's, is. He really he's is. He's like fucking stunning, gorgeous. He's prettier like, in the later videos though, because his hair's not all teased out and giant. I mean, not that. Oh, see, you know. I love that fucking teased out <laughs> shit. I can't. Even, I can't even lie. Like, when he I'm had like the nice that. bangs and his hair was like all prim and proper, he was like really he, trying. Like in uh, he Don't literally, cry and he stuff. literally looks like my high school girlfriend. I'm not even kidding. Like, nice. not even a joke. Like, I literally dated a girl that looked just like Ax- Axl Rose. No regrets. Like. He, that's a, that's like hot a, tre- tre- like, a fucking you. smoke show, yeah. like absolutely fucking stunning looking. Like, yeah, I was less. In, I don't know. Later on, when like his hair is like really pressed down, and he's wearing fucking Charles Manson t-shirts. Yeah, um, the Manson yeah. shit was weird. I didn't like. That's that. really not. That's not. That's not what I'm about personally. <laughs> yeah, um, me neither. That's the. That's what's so complicated about my relationship with Guns and Roses, right? Is that I'm like Axl Rose is not a good person. I don't like Axl Rose as a person. I don't like the things he sings about. Even fucking. I mean, you were just quoting it so easy earlier. That song is fucking amazing. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> but it, it, fuck it, it's so good. And then I'm like, God damn it. I hate everything. <laughs> problematic fave, as the kids say nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very problematic, but it just it's also fucking really, really good and very technically well done. And I don't rocks, know. Like, this is the, the same thing we say. always said about Eminem. Like, even like, no, I don't support. I, I don't want to go kill gay people. But like. <laughs> I don't know. There's like something just so raw about how angry this tiny white boy is. Like, <laughs> yep. Oh, God. The, yeah. I guess. Wait. Is that gonna? Is that gonna be a thing that happens now too? Are we get? Are the? Are the? The? Are the? Well, I guess the millennials don't care about Guns N' Roses, right? We don't have to have a millennial versus Zoomer <laughs> Gen Z TikTok off. I don't think younger like people anybody, give a shit about Guns N' Roses, do they? Just to. I don't know. I just like. I. You know, to weigh in on a thing that, like, by the time this comes out, will no longer be a thing anybody cares about. But <laughs> literally watching that happen play out on Twitter, like. This idea that millennials and 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 Zoomers were Going debating about Eminem. whether whether or not Eminem should be quote canceled, and uh. all I could think is, imagine caring, imagine <laughs> caring about this. This is like I couldn't stop laughing, especially because they post that that one woman that did like a rap in oh, defense God. of Eminem, and oh, I was like, this God. is you know, I the want word, that thirty the, seconds back of my life. The, I'll the, never the, get the, it. The, the word cringe I feel has fallen out of favor, but like it did. I did feel a, a pain deep in my soul. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. But like, yeah, I can't like, I would not like, I really enjoy Axel um, for the stuff that he's good at. And I you know, and I, and I love a lot of Guns N' Roses, but like if the Zoomers canceled GNR, I wouldn't be like, oh no. <laughs> right. I'd be like, <laughs> to, to whatever. The, to the TikTok to protect. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine, but Welcome to the Jungle, if somebody told me they felt that that was a bad song, I would tell them that they were a bad person. That's, because like, just, and be like, that song immediately, like, like, it wastes no fucking time. No, not it at all. It just immediately rips. Like, immediately. Like, every second of that song is perfect for me. And you like, it sh- and again, it shouldn't be, because like, he, there's literally a point in which he says, You know where you are! Yeah. You in a jungle, baby! 
Like that's the corniest, saddest. Thing. It really is. It's so is, but it and you know, it, sh- it, sh- it should not work, and yet it fucking destroys me you know, every time. You know why though? Because every person in that band is the unsung hero of that band. Yeah, they're all good. They're extreme. What we really need to like, where what it's going to come down to is which uh, cheesy bridge should kill the song but kicks more ass. The are you know where you are versus <laughs> hush little baby don't say a word we have a whole section where I believe we will be able to discuss that because um, I just because I got rid of the Megan the Stallion doesn't mean that I don't have a, a new question oh boy and and, and and Todd to let you know it re- it relates to a tweet that you sent me earlier oh, in the week I don't I don't even remember oh oh, oh now I remember okay yes okay <laughs> And, and speaking of which, I mean, like, do you, so we're, we've been talking for like 40 some odd minutes. Do you have anything you want to say about the song specifically? Welcome to the Jungle before we move on to the three questions. I don't know. Like, but questions. for both these songs, these songs are, I have been like, a, these are like the first songs I learned to like. So mm-hmm. like, there's so much in my DNA. I kind of came into this, uh, this podcast with like question marks over my head. Like, it's like the review, the color of the sky. Like, what do you like? <laughs> What do you like more, like uh, your hands or your feet? Like I don't, I, I don't know how to answer these. Like these are so important to me, and like the overplay for both has not really diminished that for me. Like maybe a little, but not really. Like I, I couldn't even begin to uh, unpack it. Well, I love uh, my hands more. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was like, I draw a lot. My hands are way more important. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. I can pick body parts I I love more than I can choose between Enter Sandman and Welcome to the Jungle. Even I though can't I believe did. it's that hard of a decision for you. That's shocking. Nothing's yeah. shocking, to quote another band from the 80s. <laughs> Bam. Not... Um. Uh, well, as, <laughs> Danny, as you said earlier, there's an opinion that's right. There's an opinion that's wrong. That's right. And Todd, you're wrong. Um, I agree. It's two out of three. You've been you've been outvoted. But wait, we do. All right. So so here's what happens. So we do these questions, which kind of like you know, in case we still have any lingering doubts, um, Mm -hmm. it firms things up a little bit. And also we we have, you know, there are people that listen to this podcast. Believe it or not, sometimes um, some some a couple handful, and uh, and they have opinions that are often much better than ours, and that kind of helps us refocus, um, even question our own decisions. And then we get the poll results, which is whoa, wow. It's the height of my it's the height of my whole day. Uh, okay, so the three questions. Question number one: mm-hmm. um, One of these songs is gonna stay. The other song will be lost to time, vanish as though it never existed. Yeah, fucking Back to the Future style. Yeah, which is the song that has to stay? Uh, obviously, for the Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, Welcome obviously, to the jungle. yeah, yeah, easily. What do you uh, lose by not having Enter Sandman? Would Metallica have had the kind of radio mainstream success? Actually, I guess maybe the maybe they would never have been a part of the whole Napster thing. Yeah, and then yeah. look so at that. Eleven doesn't all, happen all of a sudden. All, oh my god! <laughs> Everything works out. The towers save don't that, fall. Save that steel beam <laughs> shit for music for musical explaining. Kavi, <laughs> that's for, that's for Lindsay podcasts only. <laughs> Does that does that joke make it sound like I believe in steel beams? Not melting? Here, here's here's Holy what I shit. know. I, here's what I know. I'm I know not a 9/11 right, truther. Just in case that wasn't clear. right here, right now, the fact that you brought up 9/11 at all immediately, uh, <laughs> like li, li, Lindsay heard you <laughs> unquestionably. Was like I'm needed. We're talking um, about alternate timelines of things that could have turned out better. 
Yes. Okay. Give me fuel. Give me fire. If and I can. Yeah, he literally sings about fuel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I think that's right. Okay. I agree. Question yeah, yeah. number two. Um, you can be around for the complete creation, complete composition oh, of one and only one of these songs, including the music video, should you so desire. Which one is it? Mm, I'm going to go with the song that's better. <laughs> Which is um, Welcome to the Jungle, as we've established. I, I would like to know why, what was the instinct for the part where um, Axel just sounds like he's taking a dump, like a painful dump in the middle of the song. <laughs> He's having an orgasm, bro. Come on. Heroin is the answer, I believe. In the, <laughs> in the book, I, I forget which song it was, but there is like an actual sound of someone actually having sex during one of the songs. It's Rocket I'm Queen. Not, that's right. That's it's right. The, well, it's it's the, the end of Rocket Queen. Yeah, it's like the last track on the album. Yeah. Like, apparently a- Axel had sex with some girl in the recording booth and like everyone was laughing at him and they just hit record and then they just spliced it onto the track at the end. I've heard it wasn't Axel. I've heard it was like, hey, we need someone. They just grabbed like one of their like uh, roadies or like one of the the record labels execs. And it's like, hey, we need someone to go in here. Fuck. Or like they were, they actually hired somebody because maybe what I'm talking about is like the urban myth. Uh, it, it definitely happened. Something definitely happened where they were having sex. It, But I guess we're t- not talking about Welcome to the Jungle anymore. Like I thought that <laughs> might have been it. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, no, it was the, I remember it's Rocket Queen for sure. Okay. Which is also a great song. It is. That bass line. Fucking Duff, dude. Love that guy. Quite honestly, everything I read about Metallica makes me think that they are best appreciated from a distance. (laughs) Oh, see, and I'm kind of curious just because I know that the original lyrics for Enter Sandman were um, about, like, infant death. Yeah. And 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 like the boogeyman. And that they that like there's a guy and I don't have the name in front of me because I'm not good with notes came in and mm-hmm. was like, "This is don't change it." I think I think that'd changed. be Bob Rock. Their it's producer. Bob Rock. Yeah, yeah I was it, say was, it's it the was. Producer. So which, um, which is I interesting. Think I would I would kind of like to be there to watch those lyrics go out and watch everybody quietly not say what is the truth, which is that that's bad, and then watch Bob Rock come in and be like. That sounds like a gas. I want that. I want. I want to see that happen in real time. There is. There are some documentaries about. There is a documentary about the making of the Black Album. That's like a long one. It's probably on YouTube, or I think it might be like on Amazon or something. But what's interesting about Bob Rock is that he's a very. He was already a very famous and prominent producer. He's Canadian, mm-hmm. um, which means you know this is the positive stereotype. But you know Canadians tend to be very polite, <laughs> and it's really interesting to watch these clips because particularly James and Lars, especially at that point, I think like three of the band members were going through divorces, if I'm not mistaken of, uh, of Metallica, which by the way, which technically makes the black album a a breakup record (laughs) (laughs) and nothing else matters. They're so angry and they're so mad and they're so defensive about everything that the only person who could apparently just get through to them was this like very polite Canadian guy who like just did never escalated and like never argued back with them to an extent. It was just sort of like, you guys should try t- tuning and drop D because it sounds heavier because everything's in E. And they're like, <laughs> what does that mean? Is, uh, um, what was, was Kirk okay? Because Kirk always Kirk's seems never like- never okay, bro. All right. He's always the lost child. <laughs> Well, I mean, like he, I, I'm, I can't imagine him being angry because he's never angry. He's, he's sad sometimes, but he's, he's like always sad. the quiet, the quiet nerdy one. 
who just wants everyone to get along. He's it's like mom and dad are are James and Lars. And Kirk's like the child who's just always like, I just want mom and dad to get along. And then uh, what's his name? Fucking Jason Newstead's the child that they beat (laughs) is like literally what it was. I mean, they just abused Jason. They did. They fucking abused him for like 20 years. His first album, he's not even on it. Like, oh, that's true. Yeah. They tuned the bass all the way down. They basically like didn't even fucking let him in it. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Like poor Newstead. Like he's he's just never been happy. You've never seen him they smile. Treated, I mean, like they absolutely abused him. They abused that guy for 20 years. Like, yeah, you can argue that like new said could have left, blah, blah, blah. But like those guys were fucking hey, hey, monsters okay, to him. Hold on. Hold on. They, they That's abused, that. they abused him for 13 years, but I'm sorry. 13 <laughs> years. Yes. It felt like 20 years. Great, great, great correction. Good yeah. catch. Um, okay. Here's a very important question and it's our, it's our replacement. Yeah. Um, so we found out recently that there is a, a, a movie trailer wherein um ray romano does a a, a ray romanoized version of a song what's the song todd it was crazy in love by beyonce right okay (laughs) so i we're gonna do both ray romano and william shatner because i believe that the answers are very different these are very different men (laughs) okay if you're if you can have a ray romano spoken word version of one and only one of these songs what Song must be Romanoized. Mm. Exit light. That's like more of like a Kermit voice. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He Exit sounds like light. a Muppet. Exit light. Exit light. <laughs> Enter night. Take my Ex- hand. <laughs> I feel like the Ray Romano version would be Welcome to the Jungle. I, I only, agree. only because he's going to do the orgasm or as you call it, the <laughs> shit taking voice. I want to hear Ray Romano Welcome do that. Welcome to the Jungle. Sound. We got fun and games. No. Like, <laughs> No, but uh, like just, uh, just uh, oh my god, uh, amazing! I was see the thing is like I just imagine like Ray Romano getting mad at his kids, and being like, hey, hey, you, we're gonna you watch know, you bleed. You, you know where you are? You're in the jungle. You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. And then his wife walks in. He's like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> like just. So what you were saying is that if Shatner were to record a version of one of these, you think he he would do Enter Sandman unquestionably oh yeah that's true that makes perfect sense exit light enter night yes hush take my hand no baby don't <laughs> say a word honestly i feel like some of those lyrics could would do better for uh shatner honestly especially those 100 percent, 100 percent. especially that second verse which is just brutal and is like hetfield sings it just incomprehensibly because they're so bad it's like we're just gonna make it just like unpronounced ruin the pronunciation of all these words so no one knows what i'm saying and they I just want Snow White. Yeah, I just want William Shatner to tell me about the beasts under my bed. <laughs> it's just the beasts <laughs> under your bed. In, in your closet. <laughs> in the closet. In your head. <laughs> like I just it's Often, yes, never, it's, never a, it's a no-brainer. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. Um if oh. we're not going to do the Megan the Stalin question, here's the here's the alternate question. If God. if you are to come out to the mound and save a baseball game with your amazing pitching, which of these would you come out to? Obviously inspired by Mariana uh, are, Rivera, who yeah. always came out to enter Sandman. And I'm sure like every team has used Welcome to the Jungle at least 10 to 20 times a season. More importantly, what part of the song would you come out to? I think is a better, especially with songs like Welcome to the Jungle that has like a bunch of different parts to it, right? Yeah. Like there's like 15 different parts of that song. Um, I mean, well, it's got to be the opening. That's the, the, the opening riff. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Jungle is like, yeah, like you, yeah. I agree. 
like you said, they open their concerts with that, right? There's no other place. There's no other place for Welcome to the Jungle to go than at the beginning. Like, you have to play it from the beginning, and that has to be your entrance. Like, you yeah. can't play it in the middle. It's not a closer. Like, you can't save it for the encore. Like and it's a welcoming song, too. It's very open. open yeah. arms. Welcome, Welcome to the jungle. Welcome. We have fun it's, and it's games. Not, yeah, it's not like you're in the jungle. It's like, welcome. I want to watch you bleed. It's like a concierge <laughs> of some sort. It's someone yes. who's at a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what I would come out to just because, like, you know, I definitely want to do a serpentine. I can't do the yeah. axle dance. It's like a. Okay, you got to lead with these. your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it is yeah. a head dance. Um, yeah, hundred percent. That's that's it for me. But I could understand. I mean, like, I think so. Like the logic of Enter Sandman, that like your pitcher that's coming in, like like at the very end, like bottom of the ninth, mm-hmm. just to fucking wrap it up. Um, that you're gonna put that team to bed. That's cool. That is fucking cool. You can't really take that away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty dope. Um, but again. Um, you named a specific pitcher. He is a Yankees pitcher, and uh-huh. to alienate fifty percent of our fandom, Ooh, fuck the Yankees. Hot take. That's right. That's it. Fuck them. I'm a Mets fan. I'm from fucking Queens, kids. So you, we're not gonna. You're not gonna alienate fifty percent of the base by. You're gonna alienate like one percent, and the other ninety nine percent are gonna be like, yes, fuck the Yankees. Okay, good. I'm okay. glad. I'm glad. <laughs> do you do you, do? Would you pick um, Andrew Salmon or Welcome to the Jungle, Todd? The, both of those are so basic. I would not. I would pick something <laughs> more. I would come out to silence. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just as long as nobody's coming out to wild thing. Yeah. Oh god. All right. Yeah. That was. That would I would come good. out to no. You know what I would do? I would do something like totally unexpected. Right. I would come out to like a Dolly Parton song, like "I Will Always Love You" or something, just to completely like throw no, I, the I, other I t- person off. I tell you what. The last Yankees game I went to was uh, Masahiro Tanaka was the starter, and he mm-hmm. came out to a J-pop song that was written specifically for him. That's awesome. That's a flex. You're like, yes. I have a fucking song written about me, motherfuckers. Yeah. But it was like this, I you was, know, this girly upbeat J-pop song. Yeah, I did that, 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 that. So it was, it was pretty amazing. That's pretty good. I, I would come out to that the, the Dawson's Creek song, the Paul, the Paul <laughs> Call. <laughs> That's what I come out to. I haven't heard that song in fucking I, years. I don't want to wait. Forever Send your ass to, to the dugout. <laughs> yeah, All right. I would, I would absolutely. Like be the best pitcher, but only if I could come out to that song. <laughs> I would love to see that. Instantly that would, be would come out, be, would become a Iconic. great major league baseball pitcher. I would be. I would be. I would be the Mets cleanup. I would be there. I would be their ninth inning pitcher, which is great because the one they have right now sucks ass. You could. You could be their Sid Finch. Look that one up sometime. All right. And I would come out to Paul Cole. There yeah. All right. Comments. Let us see what. <laughs> let us see what our loyal viewers had to say. Charles Arthur writes, "I voted for Metallica, but my vote got drowned out to avoid a DMCA strike." Hey oh, <laughs> bam. Yes. Gator McKinley writes, "Hmm, James cool Hetfield's name. beer bong of a grunt versus Axl Rose's heroin needle of a shriek." That is. <laughs> The deciding factor for me is Slash versus Kirk Hammett, and that's an easy vote for Welcome to the Jungle. Mm. That's it's true. We didn't even fucking talk that much about Slash, and like, good grief. That's kind of apples and oranges, though. Slash versus Kirk. I I I, I will always like Slash more than Kirk, although I will always relate to Kirk more than Slash. But we talked about like the the just the a gif of Slash 
out yep. in the desert with the church behind him. Oh yes. my god, I love that. I It is the coolest Rain, image like, in the entire history of the entire fucking universe. It's funny, but, but you use. Let me let me say this though. It it in estranged, which I stand for and will always. That nine and a half minute. Oh, masses, I love that music video. It's it's so fucking ridiculous. He, it's fantastic. Like, he he like comes out, out of, of the, the water. water. Oh my god, I love <laughs> that it's shot. It's amazing. It's so fucking cool. That's like solo, the, and he sounds like a fucking dolphin when he's playing it. <laughs> it's the exact inverse of the November rain because he's like really like it's all dry out in the fucking desert yeah. there, and then all of a sudden he's coming out of the. I ah, forget it. Oh I don't my know. god. Oh, it's it's Slash. The duality of Slash is that maybe he's just cool wherever he is. It's true. Okay, no, now, like, now like, I like you said, it he, shouldn't work, but it does. I just remembered he played. We didn't even talk about any of his like solo stuff, man. Slash a snake pit. Yes. Slash a snake pit's pretty good. Obviously, I just uh, remembered that Velvet Revolver Slash, was good too. Slash was the sideman during uh, the Black Eyed Peas performance at the Super Bowl, <laughs> so I would like to rescind oh. my comment that they, he looks oh, cool shit. everywhere. That's not his fault, all right? They're just, the, I guess the Black Eyed Peas are so lame that they uncooled Slash. Yeah. That's how lame they are. Yes. I never watched it. I don't watch the Super Bowl, so I don't actually, I can't comment on that performance. That was like that was like 10, 15 years ago. I can't even remember. Omega Geek writes, hi Omega, by the way. Omega Geek writes, every edgy preacher comic reading, clove cigarette smoking, aspiring future bitter alcoholic I knew in high school worshipped Enter Sandman. At least the jungle has fun in fucking games. Christ. Yeah. That's right. Smoking. As, as is often the case, Omega Geek is correct. <laughs> Calvin JJ writes, my vote is for Todd having more bad metal takes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> fuck you. That's Wait, what is that wrote? what they wrote or is that your response? Yeah. No, no, no. That was my response. <laughs> I was like, I love that you read someone saying, ha ha ha, fuck you. No, no, that was my response. They did not say, ha ha ha, fuck you. But my, my actual response is that King Nothing is actually one of Metallica's best songs. So eat that. And also, their song off the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack was also pretty good. Tell them to get in the ring, Todd. <laughs> right? It was, uh, what was it called? Do you bury I... me where I'm gone? Do you teach me while oh. I'm here? I disappear. That's what it was. Yes. No one remembers that one. I, I They're just like on a mountain, and he has some stupid goatee, like some chin strap. I remember because that, that's when I was first growing <laughs> facial hair. Didn't he so always I was, like, have super that? fixated? That no, he used to have right like the beard in the eighties. Yeah. He used to have the Fu Manchu, and then that was when he first shaved his mustache off, which looked very very oh, strange. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I get you, I get you. Fuck, now but I gotta yeah. go watch that music video. That's a throwback. I, it is so bad. It is so fucking bad. There's a. <laughs> it is so two thousand. There's a lot of like zooms and Mission Impossible two stunts. And Kirk, I think Lars Ulrich dives out a window from a skyscraper. Oh it's it's, and there's like a big car chase with James Hetfield. Aurora Moretto writes, "I'm shocked so many people like Metallica this much. They're just if Nickelback ascended to the staggering heights of bearable." Whoa! Whoa! Hot take. That's the harshest thing on here. I was like, I'm gonna read that one, see what response I get. Do we fight these people on the podcast? How does this work? I, What's the structure? Or do we just I don't know. Do but like, I feel comments? like Nickelback. James Hetfield shows up to their house and kicks their ass. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what happens. All, all I would say to these people oh. is listen, listen to the first few albums of Metallica. Yo, ho. <laughs> listen to Metallica uh, from 1980 till 1988 or whatever, 89. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think it is fair to opinion. say that Nickelback was trying to be 90s Metallica. Which and, yeah, think about how bad that's that is. Right. That's so yeah. sad. <laughs> it's a tough yeah. life. Okay. Rich Key writes, 
I prefer Welcome to the Jungle for its sheer flamboyance and campiness. Whatever mm-hmm. the jungle is, the idea that this squealing garbage nymph was appointed as their spokesman is hilarious. It's aiming for badass hard rock, but instead it sounds like the theme song for a drag queen who wears a lot of leopard print. I would, th- I think that Axl Rose would consider that kind of a compliment, though. I feel I think like he Axel would, would be cool. Yeah, that's with literally that. you've explained everything I like about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, that sounds great. It's like yeah. you, you like that song more. I, I don't know. That's. They said it as a drag queen meant to be as an insult. I was like, "Is that no, great no?" To me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I regret to inform you that that is my shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's so, I'm like, you just contextualize it even better. Yeah, you all are agreeing with this 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 commenter. I think. Okay, good. All right, one last one. Matthew Blackwood writes: choosing any Metallica, past and Justice for All, feels like asking us to vote for Michael Jordan based on his baseball record. Oh, good take. That's the correct. Take. <laughs> but fuel. Everyone but, likes know, fuel. As as anyone who watched, uh, <laughs> has anyone? Did you guys watch Last Dance? No, I have not watched Last Dance. Oh, I, I think I watched it like two and a half times last year because I was like, it was my weird comfort show to watch. But <laughs> you know, Jordan. It sounded like Jordan could have done well, but you know, he's just too much of a superstar in this other thing. Yeah, That's well, why. Michael Jordan could have been a base good baseball player, and Metallica was good in the '90s. Is my take. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's it. So all that is left is the actual voting results. Who do you think won? I think Metallica lost by a thirty point margin. Oh wow! Well, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's gonna be like that. Um, I, I don't mean, know. I, I think yeah. I mean, like whatever happens, I just want you to know um, you're unforgiven too. <laughs> and you, Danny, are unforgiven three. Oh, yeah. no, wait, no, that's terrible. That's the no. worst. Don't say true things like that. It's hurtful. I was li- listening to Death Magnetic, and I didn't make it all the way to Unforgiven 3, but I just kind of was like, how does he work it, that title into the uh, into the song? Because you're Unforgiven 3. Three. Yeah. Trilogy. Ugh. I thought Death Magnetic had some good tracks. I wasn't really impressed. It's a throwback to their earlier shit. Like, it's just, it seems like them playing the old stuff, but like a lot more loose and not as like angry. Who wants? Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) we got a lot of votes for this, which I guess makes sense because these are two of the biggest songs of all time. For a total of 442 to 405, a 52 to 48% split, our winner, welcome to the fucking jungle. I mean that's almost thirty votes, so it's technically right about the thirty point spread. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I didn't. I don't think that's what you meant, but all no, right. But you, if we, if, gonna... if, we, if, we, if you want us to let you have this, you are the guest. Rewind the it. tape. You said thirty percent. I said thirty yeah. point spread. Thirty. Which that's not right. what okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I know it doesn't mean I'm just. <laughs> could mean anything. I, I it was could incorrect. mean anything. Could be. Yeah. Could go either all way. Right. Well, I'm glad that Guns N' Roses won, as they should have, because they're the better band. Better band is a bold statement. This is definitely the better song. Metallica the, is is kind of a lot for me because they're they're never they're always very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of that's kind of why I understand it's my favorite because it's their their silliest one. But don't but don't but don't forget everybody. War is war. War just exists. It's not good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, just war. It's, it's just. I mean, you know, I'm well, neutral my, on war. Listen, I think what we've got here is a failure Both sides. to communicate. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Both sides, uh, you guys. <laughs> you better just right. start sniffing your own rank subjugation, Jack, because it's just mm-hmm. you against your own tattered libido, the bank and mortician I- forever, man. It wouldn't be lucky you can get out of your life alive. Wow. <laughs> um, 
can I can I announce what the next episode yes, is? Yes, you picked this one so you can announce what our next episode is going to be. Okay. Um get hype everybody because Woo. next episode are uh the late eighties slash early nineties coming out anthems. Um it is gonna be Come to My Window by Melissa Etheridge versus Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. Whoa. I cannot wait to wear a lot of flannel and Birkenstocks. <laughs> I'm glad we let you... Choose some granola. I'm glad we let you announce this one because I always get it confused and I might have said Closer to Free, which is the theme song to Party of Five, not the one... That's not the right song, but I just... No, that's Dawson's Creek. We're we're all over the place now. Anyway, that'll be the next episode. Get excited. We're going We're going to have... If you if you are one of the five people that listen to this podcast that also listen to the... The uh, the old podcast I used to do called the Delta Podrant, which is a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Oh. Um, Danny Danny Lore, who is one of the co-hosts of that podcast, uh, will be joining us. So get excited for that. Uh, they are very good, and also write a lot of comic books. So if you like comics, got just oh. a lot of things to get excited about, folks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly it's going to be our big coming out anthem episode, which probably means that we'll talk about all sorts of things. If you follow my Twitter, you'll know what that means. <laughs> All right. See you there, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks.